ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Friday, January 17th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We'll be here for the entire hour. We'll open phone lines up later for you, but we got a lot to get into this hour. Thundering Herd needing to rebound quickly. They've got coming up on Saturday, Old Dominion. Old Dominion losing to Western Kentucky. We'll talk a little bit about that matchup. But more importantly, the Herd losing by two to Charlotte last night at the Cam Henderson Center. And it could have been worse. Tavion Kinsey hits a near half-court buzzer-beating three-point shot that goes in. And next thing you know, the herd's down by two, and that's it. Game over. So score-wise, it looks a little closer. I mean, the herd did rally. They fought back. They actually outscored Charlotte in that second half, 50-43. So the herd did try to make it interesting, and they kept going at it and going at it. But at the end of the day, so many things that the herd needs to work on. And you can't win basketball games when it's two on five. And right now, you've got a situation where you've got Tavion Kinsey and Jared West. Tavion Kinsey in that game. And I've got the fresh, up-to-date box score here from what I was working with last night. Tavion Kinsey in that game, 29 points, 10 of 15, one of two from the three-point line. We all saw the one. Okay, the ones of us who stayed and didn't hit for the exits, we saw that shot. One of two, 8 of 11 from the free-throw line. He had 11 rebounds, so he gets his double-double, and he also has a couple of assists, a couple of turnovers on top of that, but... Kenzie's just out there almost the entire game. No, actually, he was out there the entire time. I apologize. 40 minutes. So he's out there. He's credited for 40 minutes of gameplay. Jared West, 36 minutes. He's 7 of 17. 2 of 8 from the three-point line. 2 of 3 from the free-throw line. He also pulls off three rebounds. One foul, 18 points. He gets five assists. He gets two turnovers, and he gets two steals. Now, the important thing about that is he starts moving up the charts now. So he is now on pace to, I think, become the all-time steals leader here at Marshall University. I don't think that's going to be a question. But he is third place right now. He passed John Elmore at 181. So third place now, 182 steals. He's out there, and he's playing. You can't fault his game. 7 of 17, you'd like to see that a little bit better, but still 18 points overall, 36 minutes. The Herd is a team shot, 26 of 61. 26 of 61. You know what that's good enough for? 42.6%. And I was doing the fast math yesterday. I mean, that's just about right where they're averaging. So the surprise to me is nothing. This is what you get with Marshall basketball, 26 of 61. And field goal percentage, they were averaging. I don't know what the new numbers are yet. I haven't plugged them in yet. But I'm just going to go by last night's numbers. Marshall, going into the contest, was averaging 45.3% from the field, and they end up shooting 42.6. Going down, still in the ballpark. So that's a ballpark figure right now where they're floating. 
some other statistics that were interesting. First of all, defensively, Charlotte came into this holding teams to right over 60, 60.6, so 60. They're holding teams to 60. Charlotte's scoring 67.1 a contest, so 67. They're shooting 67 or giving you 67 points. If you're a Charlotte fan, you're, you're seeing teams limited to 60. They're plus 10 as far as scoring because they score 77. And they're minus 15 on defense because, well, they give up 75. So the offense did better than I thought they would against that Charlotte defense. So I can't ding them too much there. Again, we're talking about two-point loss. But we got so many things we can talk about in this two-point loss, which could have been a five-point loss. But Marshall's offense is averaging 75.3 going into that game last night, and they pull up 75. So Marshall's right there on offense, right at their average. Defensively, they're heard giving up 71-4 going into that game, and last night they gave up 77. Rebound margin, it was a minus for the Thundering Herd. And let's talk about that, rebounds for a second. Rebounds, not that bad, but still minus category. You don't want to be in that situation unless you can really take advantage of some of the other factors. But Marshall, 36 rebounds. Marshall's 36 rebounds. So, okay, I've done my math wrong. I do apologize for that. Uh, they were 36 rebounds. Again, I'm working with a different box here. Marshall had 36 rebounds, and Charlotte had 32, just to correct my math. So the herd out-rebound Charlotte by four. Okay, here's another statistic for you. Bench points, not a factor. 17 for Marshall, 19 for Charlotte. Points off turnovers, 21-18 in favor of the Herd. Second chance points, 11-7 in favor of the Herd. What's that mean? Well, the positives on that is you had a plus four in second chance points. So you score four more than they do in second chance points, so plus four there. Points off turnovers, you score three more points than they do. And look at turnovers. Marshall had 14 turnovers. Charlotte had 18. You'd like to see that number lower, but again, it's lower than Charlotte. Steals, Marshall had 9. Charlotte had 10, so that's just about the same here. That's push. The big culprit looking at this game, and again, I'm, I'm looking at, at a fresh box with fresh eyes compared to what I was looking at last night. And the big culprit here. If you're trying to circle and figure out, well, where did Marshall really find a deficiency? First of all, shooting 26 of 61. You got to get that number up, 42.6%. You got to get that number up because Charlotte, way more efficient, 25 of 46. They shot 54.3%. made one less basket from the field than the herd, and they took way less shots than the herd. And also, three-pointers, much more efficient for Charlotte. They were 5 of 12. 41.7% from the three-point line. Comparison to Marshall, Marshall was 6 of 22, 27.3%. And you got to get that number up. I mean, 6 of 22. Six shots go in of your 22. You lose by two. 
And one of those threes was a last-second heave-ho. I'm still... I, I need to re- see a replay on that again, just because I'm, I'm sitting there. What Did that go in? It was one of those reactions. But here's the number if you are of that mindset that the officials always do the herd wrong, you'll love this number. Charlotte got to the line, and they shot 34 times. Marshall actually got to the line more than the last game. That's definite. They shot 27 times. Total fouls, 19 on Charlotte. Total fouls for the herd, 23. So Marshall fouled 23 times. Charlotte fouled 19 so Charlotte's getting to go to the line a little bit more. But Charlotte made 22 of their 34. Marshall hit 17 of their 27. So I was doing the math on the fly last night, getting ready for the postgame, and here's what I was kind of sussing out, looking at free throws. So 17 of 27. So Marshall lost the – and this is – get yeah, I'm just going to go by – I'm not going to – okay – yeah, front end of the of the one one. I'm not doing all that. But Marshall was 17 of 27. So that's 10 points right there left off the scoreboard. You hit all of those, you got 10 more points. And of course, again, I'm not doing the and I'm really not digging into the metrics. Okay, they missed the potential to to get the uh yeah, second shot. None of that. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to hear actual what's on the table. Charlotte 22 of 34, they lost 12 points, potentially. They left them not on the scoreboard because they missed a few of those. So 22 of 34, 12 points they could have had. And Charlotte, from the free throw line, a plus five compared to the herd. Just playing out, how many did you make? Charlotte makes 22, Marshall makes 17. So that's plus five in favor of Charlotte. So right there, five points plus and Marshall didn't even have enough attempts compared to Charlotte because Charlotte, they were plus seven in the attempts category. Marshall only got 27 shots from the free throw line. Charlotte got 34. So already, hers got a little bit of a disadvantage because, again, you're at the free throw line a little bit more. You're going to hopefully, if you're on the free throw line, take advantage of that. And Charlotte did for the most part. They got a little bit more uh, of a push from the free throw line. And then you look at Marshall and they lose by two. And that last second shot that Tavion hits goes in and you lose by two instead of five. So this isn't the cure, but say Marshall hits a few more of those. Say Marshall hits a few more of those free throw shots, and all of a sudden, you're not trailing by as much. Or maybe you're leading if you hit more of those. And say you don't foul as much. Whatever, ticky-tacky foul, stupid foul, bad decision. If you clean that up a little bit, what are we looking at here then? I mean, we're looking at such a close score. Anything we can we can circle could be the reason why the herd lost or the reason why Charlotte won. Charlotte shot the ball better. Plain and simple. Stats don't lie. They shot the ball better. They shot the ball better from the field, including the three-point line. Yes, Marshall hit one more three than they did, but overall percentage, Charlotte more efficient. 
free throw line, Charlotte was better. Rebound, that's one of the pluses for the Thundering Herd. Fouls, Thundering Herd, a few more there, and you don't want that. Assist, Marshall had 11, Charlotte had 8. Just a, I'm sorry, they had a 7. 11-7, so almost close, but Marshall's got the advantage there. Turnovers, Marshall committed 14, Charlotte 18. Blocks, and that's another stat I've really got to talk about with you because Marshall, top five team in the NCAA, and these last couple of games, they've just gone downhill. Just a couple of blocks. Now, when you were trending six, seven, eight blocks, you were getting multiple blocks in a game, you start looking at that number, and then when you start going downhill, okay, what's the problem there? Well, I can't answer that one, but I know this. If you look at the, the box lines last night, we've talked about Tavion Kinsey. We've talked about Jared West and just what a performance they've had. Then you get into the rest of this box. Where's the offense coming from? Well, Andrew Taylor, one of seven, one of five from the three-point line. He had four defensive boards, and he was playing at one point with four fouls. So he, he chalks up foul number four, so that limits him. He's out there 32 minutes. One assist, four turnovers. So he commits four turnovers. He gets four steals, though. So, I mean, I guess that zeroes it out, right? Uh, no, not really. And then Bennett, two of seven. He's out there 21 minutes. Why foul trouble? You got to stay out of foul trouble. Plain and simple. You want to see the court more? Stay out of foul trouble. And so he's got a lot of work to do. He seems like he's regressed from a few weeks ago. Or he's just having a difficult time. Or the the code is out. You know how to attack it now. I, I don't know what has really been the problem there. Darius George, dependable, right? He used to be a spark for me. I, I, I would see him come off the bench and provide a spark for this team. And... He's out there nine minutes, one of two, and he's not really giving you much. Jansen Williams is only out there eight minutes, and what have you got from Jansen? I thought Jansen was heating up, and then all of a sudden, I spoke too soon, and he cooled off. Two of four, two of three from the three-point line, hit nothing from the free-throw line. He got you a couple of rebounds. He was out there for eight minutes, had one steal, and I thought, okay, we're going to see a little bit more of Jansen, but... He didn't get the playing time. Uh, Jeremy Dillon just got four minutes. Uh, Marco was out there for 24 minutes. And, of course, I know you're going to size and you're, you're trying to go different matchups and put things together. But point-wise, Gorn had three. Marco had eight. Jansen had six. Darius had two. Bennett had six. And Taylor had three. Tavion and Jared. They put the team on their back, and they almost won this game, just about. Still had chances, still had opportunities to win this game. But you look at this box, and you're just scratching your head. Okay, what can you fix to make it better? Well, first of all, Charlotte, just a better balanced team. They have four players in double-digit scoring, and they have one player who is two points shy of double-digit scoring. That's one. They're more efficient than the Thundering Herd. It was a good crowd. 5,462. I thought that was a legit number when they announced it. 
It's a good crowd. I hope to see that crowd on Saturday. It would be nice to see that type of crowd or more for a herd game, but Marshall's going to have to start winning some games now. Because right now they're herd 8 and 10. They're 2 and 3. And we might hear from Dan D'Antoni. I, I might let you hear that from last night's postgame because Dan, I'm sure he's in a better place now. He's gotten a few days, but I would love to have been in that postgame, in that locker room, just listening. I would love to actually have heard exactly what was said. I, I kind of get a feeling that I might not have been able to air it if I was actually recording it. If I was in there recording that, I don't think I could have aired that. The impression I got. So I think we will hear from Dan. I'll tell you that. We'll hear from Dan. We'll talk a little bit more about this game. We got time. We'll get your phone calls in. And we'll try to look ahead to tomorrow's matchup. Marshall taking on Old Dominion. But we're going to try to put this one to bed for you. Charlotte beating the herd by two. And that's what stings the most. And I mean, I will say this though, congratulations to um to Jared West. I mean, he's really moving up. I hope he gets that record. I hope he becomes the all-time steals leader. I mean, that's his game. That's really what he does. And it's got to be tough on those guys. Uh, we might hear them as well. I've got them from last night. Uh, I was talking this morning, going over, sort of just like getting our thoughts together, uh, you know, with Bill Cornwell. And uh, we were kind of of the mindset that, you know, I really feel like these guys were kind of laying it out and saying, look, uh, we can't do this all by ourselves. I kind of got that feeling that, hey, we're doing our job. Where are you guys? And I want to hear that. I think we will hear that. You know what? We'll hear that next when we come back. We'll hear players. I want to get that and, and go over that again because I want those guys who have been here and have gone through it already. I mean, Tavion hasn't been here as long as Jared, but Tavion's a leader on that court. By performance by effort, by what he does. Jared West on that court is a leader, in my mind. By what he does, how he handles himself, how hard he goes at it, he works at it. Even when he's not having a great scoring night, he's doing other things to make sure that Marshall can win that game. And he's a guy that if he speaks up and says, look, we got to get this going, you better listen to him if you're on this team because right now you're getting leadership from those guys you're getting performance from those guys, and I want to see who's going to step up. Or are we going to see a lineup change? Are we going to look at a few of these guys? I mean, we're going to see more of Jeremy Dillon. Do we see more of Jeremy Dillon out there? Instead of four minutes, can we see eight, 15, 20? What are we going to see out of him? How are we going to put this together? What are we going to do to make this thing right? Or will some guys step up? I mean, you got five guys starting. Darius George is going to have to perform more. Bennett's going to have to perform more. Bennett's going to have to actually stay out there. Uh, Andrew Taylor, I'm going to have to see more. I was convinced this kid was a ball handler, had some skills, was going to bring a lot to this team, and he's shown me signs. He's shown me flashes of it. I need to see more, though. I need to see some more consistency. I think that's what I'm looking for. I need consistency. Three points. I know Tavion was scoring, but it's not like Tavion's a ball hog. Tavion's definitely not a ball hog here. Maybe in this game he had two assists, but still. Tavion's not, hey, give me the ball, and then you guys go wait and watch me. No, he was trying to score and get, get points, and he was successful, and so was Jared. So we'll do that. We'll hear from Tavion. We'll hear from Jared. If you missed it last night, we got it for you, and uh, we'll hear from Dan a little bit later on. 
here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. We're recapping last night's Marshall loss to Charlotte, 77-75 in that contest. Tavion Kinsey with 29 points, 11 rebounds, double-double for him. Jared West in that game had 18 points. Also, Jared West, by virtue of two steals, moves his total at Marshall to 182 steals. He's now third place all-time on the steals mark. He passes John Elmore. John had 181 to finish his career. Jared's got a few more to go, but still, he's now third place on the list. And last night, it was an emotional loss for these guys. Uh, you can hear it in Tavion's voice when we go to that. And so, again, um, you really you look at that score and you think, "Oh, that was a good cl- that was a good game, close game." It just never felt like it was going to go the herd's way after a while, and. You saw Tavion and you saw Jared do every possible thing they could to keep the herd in that game. And for the most part, they're the reason why this game is even better score-wise than I thought it might be the way it was going. I mean, Marshall goes into the half trailing 34-25. The second half, they outscore Charlotte 50-43. Give credit to those two gentlemen. They were out there playing pretty hard for the fans and for themselves and for their team. Uh, just didn't go their way. If you hear Tavion uh, start off the presser last night, him and Jared West talking to the media, uh, that was just an emotional one for him. And uh, here's Tavion talking about just that, you know, the, the fact that, you know, that was tough loss and they've got to fight harder and they've got to go after it. Here's uh, Tavion and followed by Jared West last night's postgame remarks. It's a tough one, man. We got to keep fighting. There's definitely got to be some fire in us. I just, I don't see enough fight right now. Yeah, sometimes we got it. Excuse my voice. And sometimes we got it. Sometimes we don't got no fire. And I, I just don't know, man. That that shot really was just like, wow, I made it. But at the same time, it was like, I mean, we lost the game. I really just win. Almost more frustrating just because of winning. Yep. <laughs> that Definitely. <laughs> Where's that fire going to come from? I mean, fire's got to. Fire's got to come from within. That's got to be something that you possess, like yourself, before basketball. You don't let nobody push you around in life. You don't let nobody push you around in general, period. So fire's got to come when you, when when chips get on you and everything is against you. You have to be able to fight back. You have to be able to overcome some things. I think that's what we need to do. We, we definitely, because tonight, I mean, we had less turnovers, more assists than them. <clears throat> they had more turnovers than us. Uh, we had more rebounds than them. We made more field goals. We made more field made goals more than them. You know, like, we did what we were supposed to do, so we can't keep blaming them. That's, it's fight. It's got to be like, when it's down, it's, it's time to fight. But I think it, it'll definitely come along. I don't. I never will lose faith in this team. It'll definitely come. Some guys know who they are, who, who needs to have some, some heart, who needs to fight, but it's got to come. Jared, I know 
looked like the second half there were some lineups that, that maybe we haven't seen this year. Where is that you all trying to trying to find the answers and trying to uh, you know see what's going to work for you? A fifty point second half, obviously. Hundred um, percent. I think Coach Dan was just trying to. I mean, he just told us in the locker room, man. He's just trying to find some people that's going to compete. You know, he's got he's trying to find people who's going to come in and uh, and compete. You know, he wants guys that's going to play hard. Uh, limit their mistakes and do the right thing. Be in the right spots. Do what we're told in practice. Follow scout on the court. He wants guys that's gonna follow. That's gonna do that for him. You know, um, we can't afford to to put guys in and let them make mistakes for too long. You know, like you got to let them play through some mistakes. Obviously, everybody. It's, it's an imperfect game, but <clears throat> you know, Coach Dan. I mean, we're 18 games in now, so we can't make the same silly mistakes that we've been making at Game Five I, that we're making in Game 18. And I think he was just. I think he's just trying to find some competitors out there, really. How frustrating. I think Tavion off an inbound, you cut it to five, maybe seven, eight minutes to go. And then they come back with an 8-2 run, in which it seemed like there were a couple defensive breakdowns, which is something you all have been thrown with. Yeah. Did those runs especially you know, seem deflating for you guys, just simply because you're fighting that much to get back in it? Definitely, they're gut-wrenching moments. Like, it's, it's definitely hard to see. And a lot of them was like in the shot clock situations like great defense you know what i'm saying and then next thing you know you look up and the shot is going in and his hand is all over his face i mean those i think that even more is just like even more hurtful i'd rather you it be wide open we missed the mistake but like to play so hard through the defense and then that goes in it's kind of and they did it twice and it was kind of like <laughs> at, at this point you just like you got to keep fighting, though. You never have to. I mean, it's definitely deflating, but it, it can't deflate you. And then, like, when it's eight minutes left, is you got to fight back. It's got to be some type of comeback. You got to now it's kind of got to be a battle where you got to score back. So, I mean. Jay, how surprising, how surprising was the halftime score given the job you all did on Young and Shep? Like, in that first half, I think they come out for seven points and you all forced five turnovers on them. Um. I think that was just a lot of our offense. You know, I thought we missed shots, uh, missed some layups that we thought we should have made. Um, you know, they had what, what was it, 34? That's how you said. I mean, that's not too bad, really. I mean, considering what we did for to Shepard and and Young, I thought overall, like defensively, was was pretty good. Like, I don't think it was real bad. I know we let number 10 get open a couple times. He made some threes that that hurt off the bench, and uh, you know, we can't allow that, knowing that he's a shooter. Um, but honestly, I think the score was a result of our, our offense and just not executing on the offensive end. I feel like we should have had a lot more points, really. I mean, I can't really say it was bad offense because I thought that we were <laughs> executing throughout the play pretty well, but we just didn't finish or whatever it was, you know? So we got to do a better job of that. Was, was there an actual effort to curtail that three-point shooting in the second half? For the longest time, y'all were one for three for most of the second half until the very towards the end of the game. Um, I don't think that was anything specific, really. That Coach Dan didn't tell us to stop shooting or anything like that. Right. It, it was nothing to do with that. I think we we're just taking what the defense uh, was giving us. Um, like I said, I think we missed a couple more bunnies in the second half. Um, we found Tavion with the ISO was he was getting fouled and stuff like that. So we were just trying to use that to our advantage. And um, so I don't think it, it wasn't anything like the coaches were telling us to stop shooting threes or anything. I feel like we were just we were just taking what the defense was giving us. Giving us. 
<laughs> you mentioned the offense. It, it seemed like you all were getting the looks you wanted in the first half. Was that the frustrating thing about the 19 to four run? Was you know there, what maybe two turnovers and, and three missed layups in that run? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we got to We just got to finish plays. You know, we. I mean, we talk about execution every day. We work on offense every day. Um, we knew how they were going to defend us. We knew where, where they were going to be. Um, we just got to finish the play. Missed some layups. I know I got a steal, missed a layup. Um, probably had a couple turnovers that we shouldn't have had, unforced turnovers that we shouldn't have had. But um, at the end of the day, we, we got to finish the play. You know, we, we execute throughout the play. They double team iron. He kicks out to me for three. I got to knock it down, you know. Um, just plays like that. So we, we got to be able to finish plays um, when we're executing our offense. I mean, I get, it starts with me. You know, maybe I have to do a better job. Maybe I have to be more vocal and more, I don't know, obvious about it. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I play hard. I try to play hard as, as much as I can, you know. But um, you got to hold yourself accountable at some point. You know, it's not, you can't keep looking at everybody else and, um, you know, asking questions and wondering what's going on. At some point, you got to look at yourself and be like, what did I do wrong? What did I bring to the table today, you know? And I'm not even saying it has to be, I mean, playing 100%, 110% all the time. But like, if you come in and you're not in the right spot, you know, to me, that's not playing hard because you're mentally not ready to go, you know? Or, you know, <clears throat> we come in, we tell you where they're gonna be on defense and we turn it over right where they said we were gonna be. That's on us, you know? Coach tell, coaches tell us where, where they're gonna be. That That's a mental mistake. And I feel like that's just us not being ready to play. And that's. I think that's part of playing hard as well. It's just as much mental as it is physical. And um, it's it's not just certain, I mean, it's everybody. We, it starts with me, I gotta do a better job. Maybe I gotta do a better job, we gotta figure that out, but um, it's top to bottom, so. Do you two, you know, given the, the lineup shuffle in the second half and trying to figure things out, do you all feel more offensive pressure on yourself to, it, it seemed like, you know, Tay was taking over, you were getting to the rim and, and make a concerted effort to get there. Do you all feel that offensive pressure to, you know, as you all are trying to find yourself to, to carry that load? Um, a little bit. You got to have a pulse for the game and you got to have a feel for where the game is going. And, um, you know, I feel like with, when Coach Dan was rotating guys in, at one point we were playing with five guards. So we didn't really have a post presence. And with five guards, it's hard to run screen and roll because they can switch a lot. So, um, you just got you got to be aggressive. You got to you know try to get to the foul line, <coughs> a straight line drive or whatever. But um, a lot of it was just I feel like we just had a pulse for the game, understanding where we were at within the flow of the game, and knowing that um, we felt like we had the best matchups for us. I wouldn't say it was necessarily pressure. I feel like we were just trying to be more aggressive down the stretch for the end of the game um, with those rotations. Maybe I'm for you. It seems like the second game in a row. I know you all said that UND you made a concerted effort the last eight minutes to do the same. Is that? One of those times where you're starting to, to see the game a little bit more and take it over? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any pressure at all because I, mean, <clears throat> I don't look at it as pressure. I look at it as it's a fun game. It's like if you want to take over, if you want to step up at that moment, step up at that moment. But at the same time, um, we there's two guys that get in the gym all the time, really. Not saying anybody else doesn't, get, but like we get in the gym. so. <laughs> For those moments to come, we know, oh, well, we've been working on that. Like me, when I post up, I worked on that after practice. I worked on that before practice. I worked on that in practice. So it's like, if I know that's what I can get into, then it's like, okay, I, I worked on this. He's not really here, really. Like, if you know what I mean, like, 
it doesn't really matter. I've worked on this so many times that I don't see it as pressure. I see it as step up and make the shot. If you miss it, then erase that and let's keep going. But I do think it's been some effort. You know, like he said, I think we had the the mismatches really um, towards the end of the game. I don't. I think we we kind of got to see that a little bit earlier. But like you know, I think towards the end of the game, we, like you said, we got the mismatches, and definitely it was time to really like you know try to keep this a game and try to fight back at least, like you know. So never miss a moment of the drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. One quick football note. We went a little long in that last segment, uh, so I want to hit you with this real quick. If you haven't heard yet, um, according to his Twitter account, Marshall football player Obi Obialo has declared that uh, he is going to be entering the transfer portal and he's going to be playing his final year at another university. So we'll keep an eye on that as much as we can. Of course, uh, now that uh, he is declared and he'll no longer be a part of the Marshall football team. I don't think we'll get a comment from Marshall as they're not going to be commenting on players and personnel that are no longer on the team. But uh, that hit social media earlier today. And if you haven't been on social lately or you don't follow Marshall football players on Twitter, uh, that's the latest from that sphere. Uh, It was bound to happen. Really, Marshall's not had to deal with mass defections or players leaving the Thundering Herd team to go into the transfer portal. It really hasn't been uh, a major occurrence. And and really, this is just one player at the moment, and I don't think this is going to be the start of a trend for players leaving. You can't really fault a player for deciding that uh, the university, the situation he's in, not the best for him. I know coaches may differ, uh, feeling that maybe sometimes student-athletes should work it out or should uh, stick it out, work through it, go through the adversity without saying what the reasons or why that the OB would make that decision. I can't really comment on if it's a good choice or not for him. Uh, that's a personal choice, to be quite honest. So uh, Marshall now, um, I'm sure they've benefited from the transfer portal in their mind. And now, um, you know, as all other schools are going to have to, of course, adjust to life when um, maybe more than one player decides that they're going to leave and they're going to go into the transfer portal. So uh, that's going to be more and more common occurrence for college football and football teams when players see that the opportunity is either not the best fit for them or there's a better opportunity for them. I mean, there are some opportunities that are better for a student-athlete. And honestly, sometimes you get to a university, it's maybe not the right fit. Maybe it's not, or maybe the curriculum's not right for you, and you got to have options. And right now, the NCAA is uh, allowing these student-athletes to have some options. So that's uh, what's happening today, at least on the football side of things. So when we come back, uh, we'll hear a few minutes of Dan D'Antoni. Uh, we will also get your phone calls in as time permits. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Just a few minutes remain on today's edition of The Drive, and I did promise you we hear a little bit from Dan D'Antoni. Let's get a sort of a glimpse of how he was feeling last night after what has to be described a disappointing loss. All losses are disappointing, but just the way 
in which this one happened. Uh, the score maybe not an indicator of really what all went into this loss. It's a two-point loss, so you're thinking, just work out a couple of things, you'll be fine, right? I, I think there's some bigger problems going on. Uh, here's Dan D'Antoni, just a couple of minutes of him before we say goodnight. Tough loss. All losses are tough. Uh, got two Warriors, I know that, and uh, Tavion and uh, Jerry. Uh, we've got to get some play, people playing, moving their game up uh, to the competitive level. Most of it's competitive level, as they give us. And uh, as poorly as we played, it's a five-point game. It ended up two, but it's a five-point game or eight-point game, wherever, right in that neighborhood. Uh, wouldn't take a whole lot to fix because if you get two more with these two Warriors, we'd be pretty good. So we'll come back out after it Friday and uh, see what we can do. I'm a little disappointed in our, our older guys. I thought Marco played, you know, a decent half, second half. He uh, big thing is he doesn't make key mistakes that beat you. And uh, Talking with Mike, you know, some players will give you three great plays and then commit two that beat you. And uh, it's tough to be a champion if, if you have players that will do that. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll keep working at it and see if we can't get better. And uh, proud of uh, Tavion, proud of Jared. 3-0 and team, but, you know, wouldn't take much going down the road toward the end that, wouldn't surprise me if we were on top. So just keep working at it and see what happens. It seemed like those two have been talked about a little bit here. They <coughs> recognize, you know, the situation at hand. You were going with some different lineups that, that maybe hadn't been seen all season as far as second half trying to find it. And they, they sort of took it on themselves to be the veterans and, and step up in the scoring role there where you're finding. And that's a good thing because I think one of the things we've missed all year is that guy or two guys last year, CJ and John, that knew it was on them and that they were going to ensure that we win our share. Now, I think tonight you could see Tavion and Jared saying, all right, we got to do it. We're not getting the support we need, so we'll do it. And that could be a good thing. I would do want to see more support. And I got to do a better job making sure that uh, – uh, the people are on the floor competing. And then more than just that, they, they have to compete every day of the week. You know, basketball's got to mean something to them. They got to want to come early, get ready. They want got to want to watch film. They can't go to, uh, I don't know if they call them parties these days or what they call them, but uh, they can't go to social events after, you know, after games or during the week and think you can get ready and be back for a game. I'm going to leave it right there with Dan D'Antoni. So we'll see what this team looks like on Saturday. Do they respond? Will there be a difference? Old Dominion coming in after losing to Western Kentucky. So Old Dominion's on a two-game losing skid in conference. 
Will this be a, a New Look Conference USA matchup? Will Marshall come out? Will you see some more support for Tavion Kinsey and Jared West? These are answers we'll find out tomorrow. We'll begin asking these questions and more during our pregame coverage. We'll be on the air at 6 p.m. tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.